Welcome back to the Sports Leadership Podcast. I am your co-host, Mark Hodgkin, alongside Kevin DeShazo for episode four of the Sports Leadership Podcast. Kevin, how are you doing this afternoon? Mark, I am fantastic. How are you today? Doing well. Excited uh, to be enjoying the holiday time and getting ready for 2017. Excited about today's conversation where we're going to talk a little bit about what kind of leader you are and why. You know, we talked about this a little bit in uh, an earlier episode about self-awareness. Um, and, you know, today we're going to dive a little bit more into that and talk about what kind of leader you are, what kind of leader you respond to. And um, I think we've identified two kind of main ingredients uh, of leader, and that's support and challenge. Um, and Kevin's going to come on here in a second and talk a little bit about the support challenge matrix. But, you know, it's very important to understand what kind of leader you are, because if you do not understand that, it's very, it's probably impossible to understand what it's like to be on the other side of it, somebody who's working alongside you or under you. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Kevin to talk a little bit more about the support challenge matrix. So I mentioned before that at Giant Worldwide, and again, for those who, who this may be your first time, number one, welcome. Number two, as part of our, our leadership development that I do, I, I run Fieldhouse Media, but I also do leadership development with teams and organizations through a company called Giant Worldwide. In the athletic space, we, we call it Fieldhouse Leadership, uh, but all the content comes from Giant. And at Giant, we use visual tools as a way to cut through um, the mess and the, the, the noise of a day to really break through to a leader uh, and communicate effectively our, our messages uh, in a really quick and simple and yet powerful way. And so one of our favorite tools, one of our, our foundational tools, is this thing called the support challenge matrix. So if you think of your traditional X and Y axis kind of matrix, you've got on, on your horizontal axis, the X axis, you've got challenge. And on, on the Y axis, you have support. And so that, that boxes off leaders into four quadrants, four styles of leaders. And that's what we're, we want to talk about today to define, to decide, to realize and understand what kind of leader are you. And then as Mark said, based on the kind of leader you are, what's it like to be on the other side of you? So I want to start out in the bottom right, which would be high challenge and low support. That's what we would call a dominator. Dominators create a culture of fear. They create a culture of manipulation. And our tool dominator is in red, uh, kind of blood in the water. And these are leaders who are so heavy on challenge that they just feel overwhelming to people. They just feel like they dominate people. A lot of coaches have a tendency, I think, to fall in, in this category. You know, my, my, my dad, who's a good dad, he's a present dad, uh, has, has a tendency to, to, I think, be a dominator. So it was, hey, I got an A. Well, it was a 95. Or, hey, I scored 30 points. Well, but you missed five free throws. And so it's this all, all challenge with, without enough support. And again, that creates this culture of, of fear and this culture of, of manipulation because then you want to hide. Right? If, you're, if you have a dominating leader, whenever something's going on that you know they're going to throw a fit about, you want to hide that. And you want to keep that under wraps where none, none of the, the dirty stuff ever comes to light because you know they're just going to blow up. So that's the bottom right, high challenge, low support, dominator. The top left and the flip side, uh, high support, low challenge is what we would call a protector. And these are the ones who are super encouraging, super happy, but they hate bringing challenge to anyone. I, I am naturally a protector. And it sounds like a good thing being, oh, I'm, I'm very supportive of people. That sounds great. But if you don't meet that with a, an equal amount of challenge, then you've created a culture of entitlement because the way people are operating, they feel now entitled to operate. And if that's the way they shouldn't be operating, then you've got a problem. It's going to be tough to keep them accountable because, wait a minute, no, no, you've never said this is wrong before. I've always done it this way. Why is it now a problem? And what you allow, you endorse. And so if we're not bringing enough challenge, we can, we can um, unintentionally endorse 
unhealthy behaviors within our culture. Then it creates mistrust because if that person then goes on to interview for another position and they get called out for a weakness, they come back and say, hey, you know, the interview went okay, but they pointed this out as kind of a glaring weakness. And you're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they're like, what? You knew that and you never said anything? And like, well, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Like, but you're supposed to be for me. You're supposed to be helping me grow and build and get better. And so then they don't trust you. They think, well, you're for yourself, not, not for me. You wanted to avoid this awkward conversation because it'd be weird for you instead of helping me grow. And growth does not come without challenge. So a protector is just as dangerous of a leader as a dominator. The bottom left, low challenge, low support, you have an abdicator. Thankfully, we don't run into too many of these. Uh, but this is essentially a captain of a sinking ship. They could Maybe it's an AD that's on their way out. Yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, have that meeting. Uh, but they, they're just, they create a culture of empathy, um, a culture of low expectation, and people just kind of walk in feeling defeated every day. Not defeated out of fear, defeated because they know they're not going to have the, the resources or the opportunity to really do anything that matters. So then we've got what we're all trying to be is a liberator, the top right. And this is a leader who has learned to calibrate high support and high challenge. None of us are natural liberators, but when we bring support and challenge, our team actually knows that we are for them, that we're fighting for their highest good, not just what, what serves our own interests. And we create this culture of empowerment because then they want to show up. They want to do the work. They feel empowered to do work that matters, but they also have an, a culture of opportunity. And that's a culture where people thrive, a culture that people want to be a part of. That, that then shifts you from being, if you're a dominator, an abdicator, or a protector, your team follows you because they have to. And they're probably waiting for the next opportunity to get out. Where if you're a liberator, that's a leader people want to follow. It was one of my favorite tools. Uh, we could spend an hour dissecting this tool on the podcast and also with, with teams. But Mark, where do you find yourself? We all have, again, natural tendencies, as we talked about a little bit on the first episode. Based on your natural tendencies, where do you generally find yourself on, on the support challenge matrix? Yeah, and you know, for people who've listened to us a few times now, um, you'll know that Kevin and I have uh, pretty much opposite uh, personality makeups, but I fall into a very similar spot, I think, uh, closer to the protector side of, um, you know, and part of it is uh, difficult when you're a, a young, quote unquote, boss, um, somebody who's trying to maybe do it for the first time or second time, but, you know, maybe you default to really trying to be positive with your team, but then also, you know, not following that up with the right criticism. And, and you know, I think if you're not careful with that, then the, the things that you you know, that do bother you that you try to avoid, you know, awkward conversations for, and you try to uh, maybe protect for, I think manifests itself into, you know, passive aggression. Um, I've definitely seen that. I know that I've made mistakes in my past of maybe being too far into the support side and the, or the protector side and, um, uh, you know, wanting to, to make people who work for me feel good and feel part of the team and to, you know, pump them up for lack of a better term. But, you know, it does, it is easy to manifest that into, passive aggression, uh, entitlement, um, a feeling that we're doing the best we possibly can now. So why should we try to do better? So I would say naturally I probably fall to the, the protector side. Yeah. I, I tend to fall on the protector side. My, you know, as a, as a look at Myers-Briggs, my, my type is an ENFP. And so my tendencies are to dream big for the future of people and to think about how that impacts people. Uh, and I hate being the one to have the awkward conversations, to have the tough conversations. I just always feel like that makes me the bad guy uh, when, when in reality that that's actually me helping people if I do that well and if I approach that challenge the right way. And, and, and knowing that yeah, as a protector, I, I severely undermine my influence when I don't bring challenge because then I'm, 
it's, it's always supportive. Uh, and that ends up holding people back, which ends up hurting people, which ends up hurting, again, my ability to lead them or connect with them well. What's interesting is that with my boys as a dad, I'm a dominator. So I swing over to, to the bottom right, heavy challenge, low support. And I've got a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a 10-month-old. So people are thinking, how in the world do you dominate a seven-year-old? I don't know, but I do. Uh, and just because I'm super hard on them because that's the lens that, through which I view fatherhood because that's how my dad was. And again, he, my dad was a, a good dad, but he was a really, really hard dad. Well, he was that way because that's how his dad was and his dad was. So our nurture plays a big role. And how, and how we lead. It's not just how we're wired. Our, our nurture impacts uh, the way we operate. And so I, I have to be really intentional with my boys to not over-challenge them. So if they've worked on a project or if it's a basketball game or whatever it may be, I, I have to bring a whole lot more support, but I have to be intentional about that. And the nice thing is that my wife, we, we work on this stuff. She knows this language, and we've talked about it before on here, where, where a common language helps to, to decrease drama. Uh, when you've got an, an objective language, so instead of her saying, Kevin, you are just killing him, calm down, back off. Hey, Kevin, you're dominating him right now. Like, you know what? You're right. I've, I've got to back up. I need to bring some support um, because I'm creating, I'm creating a fear, you know, and, and obviously we all have a fear of our dads, but that's typically a healthy fear. And I don't want that to be an unhealthy fear f- for, for my boys. Um, just like if you're a coach, you don't want your players to have an unhealthy fear of you. And, and on, on that kind of idea of, of, of coaching or bosses, think about, you know, for, for you, Mark, the person who was the most impactful leader in your life, that could have been a coach, could be a boss, could be uh, a mentor, could be anybody. And then think about why, especially as it relates to support challenge, what about that person made them have such an impact in your life where you would say uh, they were the most impactful, significant leader in your life? Who, who is that person and, and why? Yeah, you know, when we talk about this, um, my mind directly goes back to a basketball coach I had when I was, you know, a teenager. Um, and that's, uh, it's about as far as my basketball career got. But when I, when I think about that, I, I think of a coach that I had, um, very early on before I had been really pushed by anybody. My parents were probably closer to protectors than, uh, than dominators. Um, but, um, I think about, uh, a coach I had who was really, really hard on me to the point where, I remember almost quitting because I'm just like, he's always on me about this uh, conditioning or on, uh, you know, how to grab a rebound or whatever. And it was just very tough until one time it clicked that he was doing this because he thought I could, you know, contribute and help. And I go back to that a lot, just thinking about being pushed. And I, you know, I'd say a lot of the bosses I've had, I've had some great ones have um, gotten the most out of me when they, they make me feel supported. I, I do need that. I do thrive on that because I'm just naturally hard on myself. But um, sometimes when they just push me a little bit more and say, you know, I know you can do a little bit better than that. Those are the ones that really stick out to me as uh, as people who are impactful leaders in my life. Yeah. I think for me, it was my ninth grade basketball coach, uh, Bill, Bill Roller. And he was super hard on us. We'd run like crazy. Um, practices were really difficult, but man, if, if, if we needed something, if we needed to talk, if we had a problem, I mean, he would sit and talk forever. Uh, he was just that kind of guy. He wanted us to be good basketball players. He wanted us to be better men. So he brought that challenge every single day in practice, but he also brought whatever support we needed. He was there for us. And it's not that he was a father figure. Most of us had, had dads who were in our lives, but he was just that guy who, who fully invested in us. And I've been lucky to have a lot of, a lot of leaders who have been that way 
but early on, he's the first one that really came to mind of the first leader I remember with this with this mindset and kind of framework to look through it as of, of, of bringing both both challenge and support uh, on a, on an equal level. And I think you hit on something really interesting. It brought both challenge and support on an equal level. And I think what's interesting because you mentioned like or said both of us have opposite personalities. Um, were you being an ISTJ, a little a little heavier on the thinker? I'm a little heavier on the feeler. But both of us describe leaders who are who bring both. Uh, support and challenge. And I think that's what, how, whatever your personality is, we found that liberators are the most impactful leaders for every single person, no matter who you're leading, no matter what kind of uh, encouragement they need, praise they need, acknowledgement they need. If you're bringing support and challenge, you are going to be a leader that people want to remember. And so I think that's a, as we talk about leading people based on their strengths and that and that certainly applies, people still need support and they still need challenge. They still need an equal an equal amount of that. But I think you also hit on an interesting point uh, of saying that you're, you tend to be harder on yourself. And so this applies also in how we look at ourselves. You know, are, do we dominate ourselves? Are we liberated in our own self thinking? Do we challenge ourselves, but also have that internal self talk of, of supporting ourselves, being, being encouraging, feeling like we can do anything, we can go at anything? Are we too easy on ourselves? You know, we're, we're, it's, <laughs> we're, not, we're not bringing enough challenge to ourselves. And I think. I think men and women are a little bit different on this. Generalizing here, of course, I think men tend to be a little more protector, liberator for themselves, whereas women, I think, are far, generally speaking, are far harder on themselves than men are. You know, a guy can look in the mirror, we can be overweight, like, man, I look good. I've got a sport coat on, I, like, I look great, and we can be 40 pounds overweight. Where a woman can be, be in shape, fit, work out, look in the mirror, and just beat herself up. And so there's a lot of cultural issues at play, but I think how we think about and talk to ourselves within this context of support challenge is also a really, a really important thing. Um, how have you seen this play out? How has this played out for you um, in certain situations, but your style of, of leadership? Yeah. You know, one thing thinking back to, uh, to uh, experience I had as a, as a leader um, where I think this kind of comes in and this is before I'd really gotten into thinking about things like this and, and identifying uh, the support challenge matrix and, and, and thinking about it the right way is, you know, you subconsciously know um, that you do need to bring more maybe challenge, you know, as somebody who's on the protector side and you realize, okay, we could be having an enjoyable work uh, environment. Um, you could be super supportive. You could be protector. You could have a, a thing like that, but you kind of subconsciously know that you need to be bringing more challenge to get the best out of people. And I think if I'm being very um, honest with, with some of my experiences, it, uh, you know, it swung too far back between the two quadrants of protector and dominator. And, you know, it has too much, um, you realize you need to bring, you know, a little bit more challenge. And so you swing back over, but it's, um, it's at the, the risk of um, getting out of the protector quadrant completely. And that's inconsistent. That's difficult to, to work in. That's a, that's an inconsistent message that I was sending um, where I needed to get into that top upright uh, quadrant and bring equal levels of support and, challenge. And, you know, I think it was not being able to identify this quadrant. I think this would have helped me a lot in that situation, but it, uh, you know, I think you, you realize subconsciously that you need to do these two things, but you don't do them in equal levels. And it, uh, it has, you know, just as bad of results as living in one of the three, um, less than ideal quadrants. Yeah. And I think that's a great point in terms of, of if leaders, if we are inconsistent, we're, we're just creating frustration and bitterness and resentment within our teams. They never know what to expect. 
And so that ends up just shutting them down. And so that's, which is the tough part of, of, of leadership, right? This is all a, a delicate balance where we, if, if we are a protector, like, oh, we need to bring challenge. Well, then we lower that support. And if, or if we're, if we're a dominator, we're bringing challenge. Like, well, I need to lower the challenge and bring more support when it's saying, no, keep that. If you're a dominator, keep that level of challenge. Just meet it with an equal level of support. If you're a protector, you're heavy on support. Keep it there. Just bring up the challenge. And then you have that, that balance. But I think it, which is again, going back to why leadership is so difficult because we're practicing in public, right? These things that we learn that we're trying to apply in our leadership to get better. Um, we're practicing in, in real time with people. I think the, the nice thing is that over time, because, uh, uh, you know, if you're a dominator and you're, you start supporting your team, the, you may get some weird looks like, whoa, who's this guy? Like, he doesn't usually talk like that. Uh, she doesn't usually say those things. But the more you start to do that, they realize, okay, he's, he's changing. She's becoming, she's getting better. She's trying. And then you can have conversations. Look, I realize I've probably been a dominator. You know, I was way too hard on you guys. Um, I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I didn't, I didn't even know what it was like to be on the other side of me. Now I realize it. So I'm trying to be, be more encouraging, be more supportive. I still have high expectations. I'm just trying to, to present those sometimes in a different way, but also make sure that you guys know that I'm, I'm here for you because I've probably not done a very good job of communicating that I, I'm actually for you, that I actually want you to win, that I'm here to support you. Or if you've been too supportive, uh, saying, look, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to bring some challenge. And if you know I'm for you, because I've proven it over and over again, then you're going to be okay with me bringing this challenge because that support isn't going away. It's always been there. It's going to stay there. Um, but I'm going to bring you some challenge because I want you to grow because I'm, I'm, I'm for you. I'm here to fight for your highest good. And the only way I do that is if I, if I bring some challenge to you. And so we've had some, some teams, they've started using this matrix in their kind of reviews, like monthly one-on-one meetings, There's, they'll call it a for you meeting. And so they, they bring support and say, all right, you know, I'm for you, right? I, I, I've supported you. I'm going to continue. I'm going to bring some challenge to you right now. Are you good with that? Yep. I'm good. Bring it. And then follow up. It's almost like the Oreo effect, right? You, you say something good, then you bring the tough news and you, you follow that up with something good again. And then you start to create a team where, where people want to show up and they realize, okay, this person is truly for me. Yes, they're challenging. Yes, they're hard. But man, they're going to do everything they can to help me. And as a result, I want to do everything I can to make our team better. To make, I want to make sure that person's proud of me. But I think a lot of times it's our insecurities can cause us to fluctuate. You know, if, if I'm hard, they're not going to like me. If I'm nice, they're going to think I'm weak. And so we fluctuate between all these fears and all these insecurities. When again, if we can just get to this point of saying, I've got nothing to prove. I've got nothing to lose. I've got nothing to hide. I can just show up and be for, for my team and fight for their highest good every day. Um, and be the kind of leader that they that they should want to be. Because you know, our hope as, as leaders is we want to create more leaders, not just followers. We want to create people who, who maybe they stay in our organization, maybe they leave, um, but they thrive wherever they go, and they become leaders that people want to be. And they say, wow, why? where did you learn to, to lead like this? Like, I've not had a leader like that. Well, so-and-so taught me these things because this stuff starts to multiply. And so as we multiply our leadership into other people, then we create healthy cultures um, where people begin to thrive. Yeah, I think you bring up two great points. And, and the first is the value of having this in a visual, you know, quadrant that knowing that even if you're a protector or a dominator, hopefully not an abdicator, but the, those two, you realize you already have the strength in one. And while not to, to give up one side, you're halfway there is another way to look at it for me. So I think that's a, that's an important thing. You also touch on the, the, the need for, you know, common language. And we've, we'll probably touch on that. And most of our podcasts of that being a, a thing that will help you take the next step towards being a better leader, being a better team and all those kind of things. So what kind of advice would you give to, to leaders looking to 
make the first step in um, instituting this in their in their organizations. Yeah, I think if you're comfortable and secure as a leader, and hopefully you you are. So now you know the framework of this tool. Again, we'll put it up in show notes so you can see it. But if if you've listened to it, you can draw it out and 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 put that on a whiteboard for your team. You could write it on a cocktail napkin. Well, what I would I would suggest leaders do because it's always interesting. Is is a rate yourself, right? Where do you, where do I think I am? But not just with your team, and in the five circles of influence with yourself, with your family, with your team, with your organization, and your community. Where do you think? Because we're all we're, we fluctuate around this quadrant at different times of the day with different people. And so, so kind of rate yourself in every circle of influence. But then I would put this up on, on a whiteboard, walk through this tool with your team. Say, okay, I'm going to leave the room for five minutes. You guys plot where you think I am. So there's no names. It's fully anonymous. There's no, no pressure, no judgment, no whatever. I'll let, let them rate you. Let them show you what it's like to be on the other side of you. Because all of us think we're great leaders. Like it, we're, we, we kind of kid ourselves, like, oh, I'm a liberator, of course. And then we walk in and every one of our team members put dominator. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that's what it was like to work for me. I didn't know that's what it was like to be on the other side of me. And so then you know what, where to get better. Okay, clearly I've got the challenge piece down. I've got to work on, on the support. And then just ask your team, okay, what do you need from me? Because I didn't see myself this way. Number one, maybe I need to apologize. Um, but if you're truly for your team, own that. Say, okay. I'm going to call this out. I'm a dominator, clearly. Uh, I didn't know that, but I know the culture that creates of fear and manipulation. That's not the culture that I want to be a part of. That's not a kind of culture I want to create or lead. So I need to bring more support for you guys. What does that look like? What do you need from me? Because you can guess, uh, but you don't, uh, you don't want that to be a guessing game. Because if you bring the wrong kind of support, then you continue to undermine your leadership. If you can hear it straight from them, you can bring exactly what they want to the table. Or if they say, hey, you're a protector, okay, clearly I'm not challenging you guys enough and that's probably holding us back. How do you guys need to be challenged? And where are you not being challenged? And just have the conversation to have the humility, have the security to hear that criticism and not take it personally and not lash out at your team. Um, again, be, be responsive, not resistant. So don't fight back at everything they're saying. Again, this is their perspective. If they're feeling these things, they're probably true. So you can't judge how they experience you because that's how they experience you. Um, hopefully you're not an advocator. If you are, you've got a lot of work to do. Um, you need to become alive so you can fully start to lead people, but it's just having a conversation. Um, but then again, knowing your tendencies based on your certain personality types and wiring, some of us are, are, have, have a more natural tendency to dominate. Some of us have a more natural tendency to be protectors. And so knowing your tendencies can help you have a game plan. Okay. I'm, I know I'm naturally far more supportive than I am challenging. So I need to be more intentional to be challenging without losing the support. So if you can know your tendencies, again, know yourself to lead yourself. You can start to do that and, and be a lot more, again, we're going to use this word a hundred times. I probably said it 10 times in the last five minutes, but you can start to be a lot more intentional in your leadership. Instead of being an accidental leader, you can take ownership because leadership is, it's not, um, it's not on somebody else. Like it's, it's on you to start acting. It's on you to start being the leader that's worth following. Nobody's stopping you. Right? We, we've talked about it before. I think this idea of, is someone prohibiting you from, from taking the next step as a leader, from leading yourself, from being a liberator, or are you, is it, is it your own inhibitions? Are you stopping yourself? And, and most of the time it's us. And so we have to take ownership and we have to create that action plan, um, to be a leader that people actually want to follow. What, what steps do you have? What do you, what do you think? 
Yeah, you know, I think I think you hit on the most important ones, and I, this is really one of my favorite topics that we've talked about in our core group discussions, and one I think that's valuable. But you know, getting over that initial nerves, for lack of a better word, and having the humility to be able to to have a conversation is definitely the biggest step, but also the hardest step. You know, especially if you're coming at it from a position where you know you've always managed a certain way, it will seem weird at first, and you will get those sideways looks and it is not, it's not easy, but you know, most things in life are simple, but not easy. And I think that this is absolutely one of them. And I'd encourage everybody to think about that matrix and, you know, just day to day, it should be something that guides the way you interact with your staff and the way you set priorities for your staff and the way you evaluate your staff. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a, I just think it's an awesome tool and, um, you know, one that, uh, that we, we could all do no matter where in an organization we sit and uh, how many people we lead or, or where we fall in the organization. Yeah. And I think that another key for this is that leadership is a journey, right? We don't wake up tomorrow and suddenly like, well, I'm a liberating leader. I'm, I'm the guy everyone wants to follow. I'm the girl who, who's got it all figured out. Uh, it's just not the case. And I think that's a really tough thing because we live in a, in a, a society or culture where we can have that achievement. Like um, mm-hmm. there, there's a, there's a, a finality to it, so to speak. And leadership is not that like, there's no trophy that you actually get for winning. There's no leadership championship, right? Like you just, it's a, it's an everyday thing. And this is a journey. I mean, I, I will be trying to be this every day because every day I wake up and my tendencies are to not be that. And so I have to choose to not lead out of those tendencies in certain situations. Uh, and so, so maybe take that pressure off, uh, that sense of maybe failure or disappointment and knowing that you're, it, nobody is naturally a liberator. Nobody is that every single day. It's, it's a choice. And we, we have to, we have to show up every day and, and choose to be that. And it's hard, but nobody, nobody ever achieves it. And just is in that place of rest. Like, Oh, I figured it out. Now I'm just this way for the rest of my days. It's just not that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, that's okay. You know, it's, it's, it, we're designed to be that way. Um, if it were, if that were the case, then we've talked about it in the last process, then our ego would take over. Uh, and then we would undermine ourselves and we have to start all over again. So it's, it's, it's not something to achieve. It's just something to, uh, to pursue every day. Yeah. Especially, you know, a lot of people we talk about in, in college sports or sports in general, a lot of turnover. So you're going to have different people that you have to establish this with who maybe you have an intern that changes every year. You have junior staffers that are moving, you know, up and down the ladder, moving out, moving in all the time. And, you know, that's, it is a, it is a process, not a, uh, not saying that it'll ever be finished, but, but definitely something that's worthwhile. Definitely. So that's, that's kind of our challenge for you guys. Think about the kind of leader that you are. Are you a protector? Are you a dominator? Are you an abdicator? Uh, or are you a liberator? And know where you are. Know what it's like to be on the other side of you, the kind of culture that you're creating among your team, and take ownership of your leadership style. If you want to be a leader worth following, we have to learn how to, how to calibrate both support and challenge in a way that empowers our teams, creates opportunity for our teams, and that create a culture where those people can thrive uh, on a daily basis. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, to the Sports Leadership Podcast. Again, from Mark Hodgkin, I'm Kevin DeShazo. Have a great day. If you like the podcast, we would love it if you would take just a couple minutes, a couple seconds of your time, review it, rate it on iTunes, subscribe to it, and always shoot us any feedback on Twitter, shoot us an email, DMs, however you want to get a hold of us. Uh, We want to hear your your, your feedback. We want to hear your questions. Um, Again, we want to make this a community podcast, so, so we would love and welcome any input that you guys have. Thanks so much. 